Yeah, praise the Lord. So um, I was just saying, it's really lovely to be here just to celebrate being women and the goodness of God towards us all. Um, today, I just want to talk about seeing the faithfulness of God, even at a time like this. Just seeing the goodness of God and the heart that God has towards his children. But let's just say a quick prayer. Father, we love you. We give you praise because you alone are God. Thank you for being our Father. Thank you for loving us like you do. Thank you for showing us, for teaching us practically what it means to love by giving your best, giving your ultimate. Thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Speak to us, Spirit of the living God. Help us to, as we navigate through your word, and as we share, oh God, from the wealth of experience that you've put in this gathering and in this wonderful women today, glorify yourself, mighty King. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. Amen. So the year 2020 has been, so far, a really peculiar year, I'd say. Um, I, I look at it as the, the beginning of the rest of the days of mankind on earth, really. Yeah, that, that big. <laughs> and um, um, I'd say this generation so far, this has been one year, one, one of a kind of a year. Well, pe people from other generations will say, oh, we had the swine flu, we had whatever else they were referring to. But for this generation, it's been, yeah, a peculiar year. And yet we can come together in spite of everything and be able to or want to talk about God's faithfulness. Some people might be thinking, and even, even here within this room at some point, we may have thought, I can't see it. You know? God's faithfulness. Okay? I really can't feel it. But I feel that to look into the faithfulness of God, um, it would be a good thing to go from the very beginning, the beginning, the creation, the beginning of beginnings. I'm going to read um, because of time, because I, want to, I would like us to have a time of discussion at the end of this and share. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was everything, and there was morning. Oh, sorry, there was evening, and there was morning the first day. That was the beginning of creation. On day two, God created the sky. On day three, the land, plants, and vegetation, trees, etc., was created, dry land. On day four, he created the sun to govern the day, and the moon to govern the night. Also, he created the stars. On day five, he created the creatures of the sea and winged birds. On the sixth day, he created the creatures of the land, including livestock and wild animals. He also created man. On the seventh day, he created human beings. On the seventh day, he, he rested. God created everything. He dressed the garden and put us, Adam and Eve, in the garden. The whole idea, God's intention, 
to give us dominion, authority, to spend time with his creation. Bible says concerning us, these people have I formed for myself, they will declare my glory. That was the original plan. But God trusted and entrusted dominion and authority over everything he created to us, Adam and Eve. When I say us, I'm just interchangeably because because they fell, we've fallen. Because they failed, we failed God. God gave dominion and authority and Adam and Eve gave it away. They chose to believe the serpent, that sneaky old serpent. They chose to give away the dominion um, that God gave them. God gave them free will. He gave them the choice and the ability to choose. He didn't impose his will on them. But in spite of all that they did, um, God didn't despise them. Bible says in Genesis 3.21, also for Adam and his wife, after they had fallen and they realized suddenly, oh, naked, Adam and his wife, the Lord made tunics of skin and clothed them. They let God down. They gave away what God gave them. They literally turned against God. But God did not push them away. Like, want nothing to do with you? Off you go. Whatever you do, not my problem. But instead, he prepared them for the next phase of their life. That is faithfulness. That is consistency. He clothed them, blessed them, and sent them away from the garden. Because he had to do that. The faithfulness of God carried on um, with humankind um, going now to the to the Israelites and um, referring to when they were in Egypt and way before that. Um, in Egypt, the faithfulness of God again was clear how the Egyptians were taskmasters um, oppressing the Israelites but instead of going down, they grew in numbers. They grew in strength. Goshen, when the plagues were released on, e on Egypt, was a, a place of refuge. Every other part of Egypt was in chaos. Goshen was a place of safety. And the providence of God carried on with the Israelites even after they left um, Egypt. For 40 years they were in the, in the, in the desert. Bible records that their clothes were not worn, mm. their feet were not blistered, mm. even the shoes they wore, they wore for 40 years <laughs> didn't wear out. That is faithfulness. But each time throughout the history of the Israelites, God kept saying to them, I am God. I am who I say I am. I'm a jealous God. Serve me alone. But each time they wander away. Each time they followed other gods. But you know, each time, God's faithfulness brought them back. He would wash them. He would restore them. He would forgive them. But throughout these times of wandering away and coming back, the Bible says that if there is no shedding of blood, there won't be remission of sin. So there was a need for blood to be shed. You know, it involved killing some lamb, some animal, some, you know, shedding blood to, to bring them back until a time came when God decided that this had to be, atonement had got to be done once and for all, which is where Jesus, the Lamb of God, the one that is a perfect sacrifice came on the scene, that we may be reconciled back to, to the Father God 
as per the original plan, as per what he had in mind. But you know the beautiful thing? Bible says to us that before all of this, before even the world was created on its foundations, God already made a way. His faithfulness already went ahead and made a way. And we were told, um, the Bible says to us, um, in 1 Peter 1, 19 to 20, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blem ble blemish and without spot, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for us. So before the foundation of the world, God already in his faithfulness made a way. Second Timothy 1, 9 says, who, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. And because he made a way for us today, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm just doing the scriptures as a foundation just to help us, you know, just reading them out. Hebrews 4. 16 also says let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need adam and eve uh, and by extension all humankind fell failed god and that was the beginning of the problem of mankind sickness whatever it is name it that we have today that was the the genesis of it fast forward today we've got sicknesses name it COVID-19 something there and there's fear all over the world of second wave third wave some countries already have the third wave already going now um, and there's also the fear of the the consequences of the lockdowns and economic consequences and things like that recessions Re New Zealand is already in a recession uncertainties about you know countless number of people have lost their jobs fear of the future not knowing what's going to happen loss of homes people who, who can pay their mortgages all over the world is already happening homes have been repossessed by banks people are unable to afford even the basic necessities of life we give god praise for new zealand because the government kind of stepped in there and you know supported people you have to have you know contact in third world countries to understand how bad in, you know, the state of affairs is I give God praise because we've kind of been cocooned and protected in New Zealand and we you know we've not received the bronze glory to God but that is the reality of the world that we live in that is you know Bible says to us in John 16 33 and this is Jesus speaking these things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace in the world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. God has God never at any time promised anyone uh, a trouble-free life. But his promise, his assurance, is that in the midst of whatever it is we go through, he will be there. Whether we know it, feel it, sense it, another story. But his assurance is that he will be there. That is why Deuteronomy 31 8 says, And the Lord, He is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. 
do not fear nor be dismayed. So through that pain, through that loss, through that anxiety, whatever it is, even when we can't pray, because there are times when you're in such a bad place that, like that sister was saying in, um, when we had uh, the last session we had, even to pray has become so hard. She, she actually said, sometimes she, feel, she feels like if she's, if she's told to praise, she'd rather vomit than praise. That was how bad a place she was. But even at, at those times, he carries us because he knows. He knows what we're going through. He knows that at that time, you are at your wit's end and you just have no capacity in you to do anything along those lines. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. That is who our God is. Our faithlessness doesn't faze him. And to be honest, he knew before that time that you were going to be weak, and that you were not going to be able to, to carry on. Mm. But his faithfulness and the sacrificial blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary speaks for us all the time. His passionate love for us has compelled him to make a way of escape for us. Again, we may not see it, but even in the midst of all this, I can count on the goodness of God. I mean, yeah, even my family back home in Nigeria every day, uh, most times when I speak to them, I speak to them like twice, thrice a week. Mm -hmm. The stories that come out of there and how God has been so faithful mm -hmm. that I know the healthcare system, you know, I speak for Nigeria, is not the greatest. That if COVID was to hit Nigeria the way it's hit America, there won't be anyone left. It'd be it'd literally wipe everyone out. But God has been so good that some of them don't believe it's even real. They tell you it's a white man's disease. What? <laughs> That's how good God has been, you know. So they, they take it for granted and say, nah, it's not it's nothing. It's not real. <laughs> John fourteen John fourteen twenty six says but a helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. The Holy Spirit, the most underutilized gift that the Father has given to the body. The one who's been given to us to comfort us, to help us, to enable us, to carry us, to teach us, to remind us most underutilized gift and if he's given it given him to us to bring us to remembrance that suggests to me that there will be <clears throat> patches in our lives where we tend to start forgetting the promise of god we tend to start forgetting those prophecies that's been given we tend to start forgetting how far god has brought us and the testimonies and the goodness of god in our lives the holy spirit is there to remind us of the faithfulness of god there will be times when we'll be so, so pressed by whatever situation we're going through that the word of God almost seems to lose its power. If then we've spoken and, you know, digged through scripture and um, brought examples of, you know, how God has been faithful, how then shall we respond? What do we do with this fact that our Father is a faithful God? Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe 
that he is. I want to pause it there. Anyone who's got an amplified version, please, if you can, uh, amplified version of the Bible, if you can please read for us, that'd be great. Hebrews 11, 6. Got a phone app? Hebrews 11, 6. Yes, please. Thank you. Um, the amplified version. But without faith, it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. Amen. This is the foundation of our faith. You must believe that these majestic mountains, the vast, and the ocean that scientists say we haven't even explored like half of what is available in the ocean. The teeming life in the ocean. These majestic trees that clap their hands in glory to God. The complexity of the anatomy of a human being. Hey, those things didn't come by accident. There is an intention. There is a, a, a for lack of words, a scientific mind that put it all together. Anyone who comes to God must believe, first of all, that he is. That is the foundation of our faith. Mm -hmm. God who is the master of the universe. The one who Bible describes as the one who dwells in light, light that is unapproachable. The one who speaks and it comes to manifestation. The one who none can question. Bible says he would do a thing and nobody can say to him, hey, what doest thou? That is the God that we serve. Mm -hmm. The one that has the final say. The master of the universe. When we go through difficulties, how we deal with it, how we deal with those difficult times depends on where our gazes are turned most times. So for example, you're going through um, a particularly challenging situation. It could be sickness, it could be um, some sort of anxiety or whatever it is. The fact is that those things are there. That problem is there. But the truth is that God is God. And that, and that He is able to take that thing away. And He is able to take you through the storm that is raging in your life at that time. If when we're going through such a circumstance, we set our gaze on that problem, the power of God and the power of His word similarly diminishes because your, 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 your face is set on that and your literally been consumed and overwhelmed by that problem but if your gaze is turned to God the power of that problem diminishes literally over you yes it's true it's still there for example I would say yes I know you're there however God is faithful what he said about me is true yes right now you are ravaging my body but this too will pass away Bible says that the trial of my of my faith worketh patience. Yes, he is working out for my good. I don't understand why you're here, but I know that my father has my back. He's got a good plan for me to take me, to give me a future and to give me hope. He loves me beyond words. He's able to see me through because he's uh, um, promised and confirmed that no matter what I'm going through, he will be there with me. The walk of faith is a walk of choice. I just want to refer to Abraham. 
um, Bible says in Genesis 13, 16, I will make your descendants as a dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Abraham was over a hundred. His body was dead, like dead. <laughs> Sarah's womb, Bible says, Abraham did not consider the deadness of his body or the deadness of Sarah's womb. Abraham instead chose to hold onto hope. He chose to hold onto faith. Yes, I know my body is literally non-existent. But God, because you said, I choose to believe. The walk of faith is a walk of choice. Where you set your gaze, that is where you're going to draw either strength or weakness from. You set your gaze on that problem, you're going to be overwhelmed by that problem. You set your gaze on Jesus, strength from you won't know where. And people will look at you and say, didn't you tell me she's got that problem? Why is she smiling? What's there to smile about? It's beyond what you can see. Because her gaze is set to where it needs to be set. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These things are stories in the Bible. These stories are stories in the Bible, which, you know, some of us read and we're thinking, wow. Well, that's Bible story, but, you know, how about these days? I tell you, it couldn't have been easy. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when the king said to them, bow down before my image. And they said, king, we're not even careful to reply you on this matter. It's not happening. <laughs> our God will save us and hey if he doesn't save us we'll still not bow down that was how convinced of the power of God that they are they were so convinced that God is worthy to be for their lives to be laid down for and of course if they hadn't gone in to the fire they wouldn't have seen the power of God they wouldn't have seen that actually he said he wouldn't leave us that is true I can tell you it's true because I've been through that fire and he was there with me Sometimes our faith needs to be tried to the point where we can stand and say, I've been there, trust me, God is true. If he says he will do it, we'll stand with you as brethren, we'll support you, we'll encourage you. But in that fire, you will see God. And where your gaze again is set would determine whether you, you know it, because it's one thing to read it in the Bible, but you will know it when you leave it, when you experience it. But the reality is that sometimes we pray and do all, do all we know to do, yet nothing seems to happen. The word of God tells me that in spite of all of this, that God loves me. The word of God makes it clear that we do not measure the love of God for us by the things that our eyes can see by the things that we go through, by the things we have or do not have. Hope deferred, there's a scripture that I've heard many times, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But the deferment, the, the sickness of the heart does not speak about God. It speaks about our humanity. It makes us sick because we are waiting and we are hoping that it works out the way we want it to work out. Because there is a delay does not mean that God has turned back on that promise it doesn't mean that he has changed his mind however what do you choose to believe while you are waiting what do you choose to believe I choose to believe he will never leave me nor forsake me as his word has made clear 
that even if the mountains be removed and cast into the midst of the sea, it does not change who God is. He is still God and he is still good. That he is faithful even when we are not. He is our help yesterday and he is our hope today and beyond 2020. He is the one that we need to hold on to. A very present help, a refuge when the storms start to rage. I also want to say to us today that God is faithful. And this is a fact that we need to settle in our minds. Whether that expectation is met or not. God is faithful. That thing we're praying about and trusting him about. Whether it comes or not. Because you know, being human beings, we have our lives planned out and thought out how we want it to play out. The Bible says to us that, you know, his thoughts are far higher than our thoughts. And his way is totally removed from our ways. We may end up, we may think, oh, he didn't answer that prayer. But he may have answered it in the way he wanted to play out. But we, because we didn't see the way we, we want or planned, for us it's an answered prayer. But for God, it may not be the case. The things we get, the breakthroughs, the answers to prayers, expectations met, all the good things we celebrate, the, the praise report, the testimonies, they're all add-ons. They're all additional. Um, in as much as we desire them so much and we, we crave them, those things should not be the reasons why we follow Jesus. Hard fact. They shouldn't be the things I'm, oh, I'll, I'll come to church and I'll pray more, you know, just, you know, so I can get that thing. It's great. If God does it, wonderful. I know his thoughts for us are wonderful thoughts and great thoughts to give us a future and a hope, to take us to where we need to get to. But where you are wanting to go to, is that where he wants you to go to? So those things we are hoping for should not be the reasons we follow Jesus. Especially in these unprecedented times. I mean, last November, December, I could not in my wildest dreams have thought 2020 would have played out this way. Um, it has even become much more important that we evaluate where we are standing in God. It's become even more important. Because if your love for God is hinged on things you receive, the things you are hoping for, then you may end up being disappointed. Which is where for some people, anger, they get, they get angry with God. If things don't turn out the way you've planned them, you may end up being disappointed. To be honest, especially for as far as we can see in 2020 so far, only a genuine love, a genuine desire to love, or love for God will keep you standing. When the truth, when the shaking, when the ground underneath you not the Atroa, Atroa shakes. That's not what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> when the ground beneath you begins to shake, as it would, we are in the world. I mean, some people have suffered. I've lost family members. Some people have lost dear, uh, you know, dearly beloved ones. Mama Helen has lost, she's lost quite a few members of her family, even just in this year. When the ground beneath you begins to shake from the storms of life, only a genuine love for Jesus will keep you standing because you will 
be at a you could be at a point where you can't even say a prayer you can't even worship or praise and that is a point such point where god literally carries us and sustains us i encourage us today let us walk with god from a place of surrender giving him all and resolving to follow him no matter what he is faithful he is faithful and consistent but where do you stand and what do you choose to see the last thing i want to say before we go into questions our faith in God is rooted in our knowledge of Him and in His Word. Like what in, in Claire's, um, in Marine and Claire's um, session today, we were trying to bring out the truth from the Bible to negate the lies that the enemy tells, puts in our heads. And not the knowledge of the Word of God, that is what keeps us and helps us to understand the Father heart of God as well. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. These days, whether you, whether you want to read, you want to hear, you want to discuss, whatever you want to do, but spending time in the presence of God will help in the growth and understanding the Father heart of God. The importance of knowing God and understanding his word and spending time in his word. So, for example, if a stranger says to you, um, Hold my hand. Trust me. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll help you. I'll carry you through. The thoughts in your mind might be, I don't even know you. Why should I trust you? I don't know if you, you're for me or against me. Why should I trust you? Same. Understanding the word of God. Spending time in his presence. The Holy Spirit is there to help us to understand and to walk with him closely. Knowing God for yourself, it's great when we hear preachers preach and um, people give us their praise reports and what they've been through. But when we know God for ourselves, when we experience God for ourselves, that's an experience that nobody can take away from you. No man, nothing can take that away from you. Even if you find yourself in the most challenging situations of life, you can recall those because you've been through it and you know that he was there for you. And if he's done it before, he would do it again. With the one somebody tells you, you'd be like, well, did you really feel like I felt? Well, this one is really bad. My, I'm, I tell you, mine is really bad. He has no idea. But if you've been through it, you've lived it, the difficulties and everything, and you can testify that God came through for you, that is an experience no man can take away from you. And a walk with God, consistently walking with God. Yes, we fail, but... He makes a way and he carries us in those times. Don't beat yourself up and say, oh yeah, I only prayed once for the past three days. He knows. He's not surprised by it. And that is why we've got the Holy Spirit to help us. Let's just learn to lean on him more. I just encourage us to just bow our heads and say just a quick prayer between you and God. Say, Lord, give me my own experience. I want to experience you, O oh God, for myself. That when the shakings and the travails and the tribulations of life come, you will keep me standing. Give me an experience. Not someone else's, O oh God. Not the one I've read in a book 
or heading a preach for my own. The one that the enemy cannot take away from me. Help me, O oh God. Spirit of the living God, help your children. Help us, Lord. Help us to know you. Well, like Apostle Paul, Lord, we say today, Lord, that we may know you, O oh God. We desire to know you more. Because that is what we need to navigate the challenges of life. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we are praying. Amen. So that's um, everything I've got to say. If we've got any questions, we can share. And then um, I'd like us to break up into...